disciplining someone out of love versus disciplining somebody out of anger, right? Like if you're supporting and encouraging and coaching someone, that's going to feel a lot better than um, being berated or micromanaged or nitpicked. This is the Full Stack Sales Pro. What up, Full Stack crew? Um, I hope, as always, that this podcast finds you and you're just having an amazing day whenever you're listening. If it's morning, noon, night, it doesn't matter. We're just excited that you are here. We're grateful for you. And uh, we have an absolutely amazing show. We're going to get into not hot topics, but we're going to get into it today. And we're going to have some really amazing conversations uh, with our guest today, Kelsey O'Neill. She's an absolute legend. I actually met her uh, through my wife and, uh, you know, they had gotten connected before. And so then we got connected and then we were actually a part of a lot of the same circles. Um, so it was just a really cool thing. But she has such a unique perspective on the industry at large, but just also just what we're going to talk about today, just kind of getting into the nitty gritty about uh, females being in the industry and what that looks like and um, just all of it. So anyways, uh, thank you, Kelsey. Welcome to the show. First of all, thank you so much uh, for yeah, being here. Thanks, Josh. I'm excited to be here. This is definitely an honor. I've heard nothing but incredible things about your sales skills. So uh, yeah, to be on the show here is a privilege. Well, your uh, legend precedes you, obviously, and uh, you know I've heard just amazing things, and even getting to hang with you and kick it with you a little bit, uh, you know, online has just been really cool to just see how you think about it and your perspective on it. So, thank you again. Um, why don't we do this? Why don't we start? Um, I love starting with intros and just kind of your backstory of how you even got into the the sales space and what has led you to being where you're at today. Why don't we start there, and then we'll kind of get into the to it more. Yeah, absolutely. So I have kind of a unique story in the sense that to make a, a long story short, I actually got started out of college um, after graduating with a business degree, ended up going into full-time ministry with my husband. And we were both full-time fundraisers working for ministries. And you know, fundraising at the time, I did not think of it being sales. In hindsight, I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, you're selling something not even <laughs> tangible, right? <laughs> you're selling yeah. the dream, you're selling the vision and enrolling people into that emotion. Um, but yeah, I loved fundraising. It was um, so much fun. And the rest of the people in our um, ministry environment, they didn't love it. They all were like, oh gosh, we got to go do this thing. And I was out there just having a great time. So that was the first um, thing that got me into it. And then from there, I moved into fundraising training trained teams of fundraisers to hit their goals. And then from there, I transitioned into the online marketing world, started an ad agency like everyone in their mom did. <laughs> and um, yeah, enjoyed learning that, enjoyed learning marketing. But when it came down to at the end of the day, I was looking at um, my marketing agency and was like, you know what, the part that I love is being on the phone, not really that into lead generation, like, it's easier to just go do sales for other people. So I went and uh, got into, you know, doing kind of that contractor role, high ticket sales. And as I got into that space, um, it was just, it was so much fun. Like the flexibility is great. Um, the high, of course, of closing a deal. Yeah. And I think what I love the most is just the everyday learning, right? Like it's just a constant challenge to improve. But as I got into the space, um, 
the, actually the very first team that I was on was all women and I loved it. But then moving um, on from that team, unfortunately, there's just too many issues with um, fulfillment and whatnot. So I ended up moving on. And every other team that I was on past that was almost 100% men. Like I was maybe one of two women on the team. And I was raised by my dad. So that never has like really bothered me. Like I love hanging with mm-hmm. the guys. But at the same time, you know, I'm looking around and I'm like, okay, where are the women to learn from? And who can I be friends with? <laughs> like, who can I, you yeah. know, hop on Zoom with and uh, text back and forth and whatnot? So I started the Sales Queen Community Facebook group out of honestly a need for friends and was like, hey, this just, there doesn't seem to be any community here. No intention of ever being the guru or the coach or anything like that. Um, that's actually the intention of the community from my view was like, all right, sales queen community, we're all sales queens and let's come into this room together and really be able to iron sharpen iron, you know, contribute and all kind of coach and mentor each other. So that's still my vision for it, but it's really, it took off really quickly. We've got about a thousand women in there now, um, about an hour, about a year and a half later. And that's with no ads or really, uh, intention on my part. It just naturally grows with people being added. And um, yeah, it's it's a really an honor and a privilege to have gotten to be kind of put into that place of leadership now where I can facilitate conversations like this. Amazing. And what is what is it that you're doing right now? Do you just mainly manage that? Or are you still, you know, tell them, are you still closing, helping? Yeah, great question. So um, I was closing for a while. I've done a lot of event sales. I love that actually, virtual events. So that's always a good time. Uh, do that on a contract basis, but I've been doing recruiting for about a year and a half now. So out of the sales queen sisterhood, I started having all these business owners come to me saying, Hey, we want to hire women in, um, to join our team. Like we heard, you know, some, <laughs> so that's how the recruiting agency was born. Um, so right now that's where I spend most of my time closing deals for my own company. Um, and then, like I said, doing the virtual events, but um, also doing really the transition and focus moving forward is going to be more alongside of coaching. Um, We've got our Sales Queen Academy for women who are uh, learning sales, especially the skill of social selling, like selling in the DMs. And Mm. then um, moving forward, we're working on a really fun project that is like all my passions coming together called the Wealthy Saleswoman. So we're going to be actually combining sales coaching, the ability to make more income with financial coaching, the ability to keep that income um, and then my friend, uh, Tatiana is coming in as a partner and teaching business credit. So we're going to like bring it all together and really help women make some money. So that's uh, that. my passion project right now. I love that. Okay. So let's get into this. You created something that now obviously makes you money. It gives you impact. You have, um, a huge reach. I mean, a, a massive reach, a worldwide reach inside of yeah. this community. Why did you create it? Let's get into that. What was it that you were feeling? Because you, the first thing that you got into was mm-hmm. an all team of women closing, which I'll be honest with you, I very rarely hear of. Yeah, uh, it's rare, uh, for sure. It's very rare. And so, I mean, was that a good experience? Did you like it to where it was only women? Or were you actually, do you like it to where it's both? Yeah, that's a good question. It's tough. Like, of course, you know, I think that you could say the same thing, right? Like, a guy with a, or a day with the guys is good for your yeah. soul. I love hanging right. out in a group of girls. I was in a sorority in college. Um, there were a lot of pros in the sense that we were all close friends, like not just on the team, but we would talk afterwards and whatnot. Not that you can't have those friendships, um, you know, 
between the two guys and girls, but it's just a little different, especially, you know, I'm married. It's not like I'm trying to chat up all the guys on the sales team (laughs) after work. So just the camaraderie and friendship I think made um, showing up to work really fun. And yeah, it was great. But I actually really enjoyed being on a team with men too, because there was just so much more of a breadth of knowledge and just a difference, right? Getting to hear how different people um, close deals. That's always been one of my favorite things to do is to listen to other people's calls and pick up on little um, nuances that they have. So that is a tough question to answer, but I really think that's why it's important for sales teams to be balanced and to not be all women or all men, because there is so much that we can all bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, women, especially like we've got the, I'm going to make a lot of generalities in this conversation. No, you're good. You're good. (laughs) No one uh, messaged me a hate message later, but you know, in general, women tend to be more nurturing, more relational. Like we've been training for that from birth. Uh, you know, we've culturally been raised to be more in tune emotionally. And I'm a believer that uh, men and women were made differently. So we have different giftings. And then men, you know, you guys have your gifts that you bring to the table, oftentimes more assertive, um, typically more competitive, um, look at things a little bit more analytically, right? And so I think that um, both have a ton of Um, benefits they can bring to the table. Like men typically, again, being a little bit more of like logical, here's the analytical flow of a sales call. Like let's break it down into a framework. Whereas typically women are not quite as interested in the framework and we want to feel it out, right? Like I want to listen to the body, the, well, the tonality, um, see the body language if it's on camera and really just like tap into the emotional energy of the person with that feminine intuition, so to speak to see where we're at in the conversation um, and see how I can best serve that person. So yeah, that's, um, that's my thoughts on that. And then as far as the why of starting the group, like I said, just really that desire for friendship and the desire to see women um, really sharpening each other and pouring into each other. Cause there just hasn't been that in the space, at least in the high okay. ticket world. Okay. So perfect. So why, do you believe, because this is, I've already asked this question, so I don't want any hate mail coming to me either. I've actually already asked this question. We've already had this conversation, which is why right. I was like, oh my God, we should talk about this on the real, because if we're talking about it behind closed doors, then most of the time you need to talk about it and in, mm-hmm. in the open in the public as well. Why do you believe this is a male dominant driven industry? Yeah. So like I shared with you, <laughs> I, you, how this happened was Josh boxered me and I sent him back like 15 minute answers and it was like, it was awesome. right, this clearly I needs to it. be yeah. a longer conversation. But yeah, so like I said, number one, women and men are different. And so how you market to men and women are different. So I think even just backing it way up um, with sales as a whole and the way that we're raised, again, like men are treated differently as boys. They're encouraged to take risk. Um, whereas girls are really focused on being relational and we're, you know, Oh, be careful, honey, don't do that. You know? And so just even from childhood, we're conditioned differently. And so sales is never something that, you know, outside of like being a realtor or joining a network marketing company, sales is not something that's ever been, um, a feminine career where, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, I want to sell software or I want to sell cars. (laughs) And I know that's kind of true for guys too, but still there's just not that natural inclination. Um, 
especially when you look at the fact that sales as a career is one of risk, right? Most jobs are commission. Um, and that element of risk is just not something that a lot of women are as comfortable with as men. So I think that contributes to it. Um, but yeah, the some of the factors that just keep women out of the game, I think, are that misinformation around sales as a whole. It blows my mind how many times still, like I'm so immersed in this world that I think everyone gets now that sales is great and that we've moved past that sometimes. Mm -hmm. But when I'm having conversations with the women in my neighborhood and I share what I do um, or I, I talk to them about their careers, a lot of time they'll be like, oh yeah, I wish I could do something like that. Like working remote mm. or, you know, making more money. That sounds great. Having flexibility. That sounds great. Um, but then when I ask them about it to try to have the conversation go further, they're definitely scared of the risk of it of like, oh, okay. hundred percent commission. Not sure about that. And then they are just still viewing sales as like being very icky. Like the response I always get is like, well, maybe if I like really, really loved it. And so they don't really see it as serving. Whereas, you know, I'm a big believer that you have to be able to connect your mission and purpose to it. But like I can connect my mission and purpose of helping people create financial freedom to about 30 different offers, right? Like I can see how that mm -hmm. lines up with so many different offers to sell. And so regardless of what I'm selling, I'll be able to find the way that it is serving and helping solve a person's problem. And women just don't view it that way. So from a huge cultural <laughs> um, perspective, we need to be just really teaching women that sales is something that is of service. And um, to go back to the marketing component of it, when you think about marketing um, the different coaching programs in the high ticket space, a lot of the messaging is, uh, it's just masculine messaging, right? Because men are the ones making the ads. So it's a little bit more like, hey, you know, you can come in here, you can crush it, you can make 10K a month, mm -hmm. you can have uh, location freedom, you can, um, you know, you're going to be competitive, you can learn to be the best. Like, women don't resonate with that quite as much. Not that women don't want to make money or don't want location freedom, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but... Um, we're probably going to be more likely to be drawn to messaging that's like, hey, do you want a career where you can literally change people's lives every day and you can serve them, you can help them solve their problems, where you might be able to have flexibility to stay you know, home with your family part-time. You might be able to um, you know, make more money so that your husband can change his job. Like Just the way that women think, it's a little bit more others centered, not that men aren't, but typically, especially older women that have families, they're focused on things like that. That's factoring into their job choices a lot more than just making a lot of money or being location independent. So I do think that that's a factor. Yeah. I, I mean, this is really good. I'm, so I'm reading this book right now called why she buys Ooh. and, and it is really, really good. And they touch on this about how I guess they can back it up statistically, but I mean, hell, I mean, you could back up everything with a statistic. I mean, right. you know, you can lie with statistics. There's a whole book on lying with statistics. Um, but the point is that what they have said is that they have found that like what you just said to your point, 
men are the ones marketing it, but women's are, are the women are the ones who are actually buying. And they mm -hmm. figured this out because they just said, um, they, they started asking men, but a bunch of random questions, you know, for this, this point, you know, what type of milk do you have in your, you know, thing? <laughs> yeah. What do you have going on here? And so they're constantly asking these type of, uh, thoughts and questions and men never knew. They never had the answers to it because mm -hmm. they are not the ones actually buying. Even okay. when you're talking about programs or, you know, selling coaching things, it's always, at least in my case, a spousal objection. I very rarely have to deal with the woman having a spousal objection as much as I have the man having to have mm -hmm. a spousal objection. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Totally. And, that and was it, one of the, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 please go. I was just going to say that's one of the um, things that I think makes the financial coaching component um, important too, because that's what we realized early on in marriage. Like I thought growing up, oh yeah, men, like they manage the money. But then we realized, oh, I'm the one doing all the spending. <laughs> yep. Yep. And you're, and you're seeing that a lot to where um, I, it's, it's making me ask the question because like we did like a push, I don't know how long ago when we were hiring new AEs and I think I got one female applicant out of like 30 or 40 and we just did. And the, and, and our mm -hmm. talent acquisition specialist is a, um, she's a female, she crushes, she's so good at her job. And, and we just got one. And I asked her, I said, where, where are all the females? I was like, I mean, I understand this is a male dominant industry being in the music industry before it's like, that's kind of male driven in the producer, you know, side of production things. Um, and I get that, but I was like, where, where else is Cause in my mind, we've had so many clients that were females. I've seen mm -hmm. so many, you know, as, as the seems trendy, like the boss lady thing is going on yeah. right now. And I'm like, right. wait, I thought we were past this. Like, I right. thought like this is, and I'm, and, and the more and more I dive into it, like we haven't even scratched the surface. Oh no. Like, yeah. Like, and, and it's so vast. What would it take as a female? Cause I, I mean, you're, like I would literally go work for you. That's how good you are at what you're doing. And I would feel comfortable learning from you. And it's this exact same, I would hire you in a heartbeat. You already know that if you weren't already crushing, I would beg you to come and hang out with us because <laughs> you're awesome. But what is it going to take in your mind or the next steps to seeing this space and this industry be a place where female feel comp females feel confident coming mm -hmm. in and doing the job the same way, you know, that a male could do it? Yeah. So it's a tough question, but I do think, so just from a really practical standpoint, and I know that this is not ideal for a lot of companies, but um, I think having a little bit more of options as far as being flexibility. So when I first got into this area about three, four years ago, I saw a lot more opportunity for part-time sales reps. And I have really seen that go down. And I definitely understand from a company standpoint, like having somebody 100% committed to, you know, 40 hours a week, like I get that that's appealing. There's less, um, less cost involved with having one employee than there is two, right? But from um, just a, a perspective on how can we get more women involved? I mean, there are so many women like your amazing wife, right? Who... Mm -hmm. They want to be focused on growing a family and nurturing children, but they also, they're amazing. They're so smart. They're educated. They're well-spoken. They're brilliant. They're ambitious. Um, and it's just like, okay, well, if I could find something where I could work 20 hours a week 
and really give that 100% while I'm there in that 20 hours, um, but still have some time to take my kids to the pool in the afternoon, then that would be a win. And so the, the opportunities that uh, are part-time are definitely the ones that the women in my group, they're like jumping all over. They're like, oh yes, please, I want to, I want to do that immediately. And um, that allows the company, the business owner, to hire out of a larger pool of talent as well. So I know it's not always the most practical thing uh, from the business owner's standpoint, but I do think that it really gives you more of a talent pool. And I think in a lot of ways, somebody who's perform- someone who's working part-time and can give like 100% during those 20 hours is better than somebody who's working, you know, burnt out at 40 to 60 hours a week. And yeah, sure, they're focused, but like if they are operating out of less energy, then they're not going to get the same results. So yeah, I think that that's a big factor. And then um, again, looking at our language, like language is so important. And it's even hard for me to answer the question because like I said, I grew up with my dad. I'm definitely a more masculine woman. I've had to learn how (laughs) to tap into my feminine energy a bit more. So I might hear your messaging and um, be like, oh yeah, cool. Like that resonates. I'm down. Mm -hmm. But majority of women are hearing the marketing messaging and they're reading the job descriptions um, that are looking for competitive, aggressive, assertive, um, you know, driven A players who want to kill it and crush it, you know, like all of that language that's not the language of being heart-centered and service-oriented and problem-solving and uh, just a little bit softer, right? Like a little bit more softer, open-hearted, um, mm-hmm. kind of infusing the fun in it too, right? Like um, to a guy that might sound like a good time, <laughs> that competitive um, energy where you maybe you played on a sports team, right? Where right. you're like, yeah, I want to be on a sales team where we have all this competition, But for women, our experience of competition was girls being bitchy to each other. Like, not as many women had a positive experience with competition. So I think changing the language on how we market coaching programs and how we um, post job postings definitely makes a big difference. That's probably the first place to start. Okay. So I'm going to just, I mean, like, you know my wife, so you know, I already know, like, Mm-hmm. You don't play around with like I grew up very <laughs> I was I was raised by extremely, you know, strong women presence in my life. I mean, to mm-hmm. my great great grandmother who passed at 105 was still wow. driving us around at 97. Like wow. it was nothing playing pinochle and bridge three times a week, <laughs> taking us to our dentist appointments when my parents were working their tails off. So it's like yeah. I just grew up around strong women, but I'm going to play devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. You got a sales culture where they want it to be competitive. I mean, there are times mm-hmm. like I love yeah. it when someone comes on and they are an ex-athlete, not because we're going to go mm-hmm. have some softball team league, but because they understand the ideas and the principles of what someone who was in sports, you know what I mean? What that, what that mm-hmm. means to be on a team and what yeah, it means yeah. to compete, but it be, yeah, but it to be a healthy competition, right? Mm-hmm. So when you want that culture, but you change up your messaging so that you mm-hmm. open up the space for more females to come in is, are we catfishing them then at that point? Because we want yeah. them to come, but we still want to mm-hmm. cultivate this culture over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. And yeah. So it's a tough question to answer. I think that you want to communicate the competition piece of it. Right. But it's, 
what's competition really about? It's about being the best, right? It's about being able to cultivate a skill to be a high performer. And again, but not for the ego and not that all men are about the ego, but I'm just saying good chunk of them are. (laughs) Yeah. Competition for the sake of ego and winning versus competition for the sake of being the best that you can be for personal like reward and the best ability to serve other people. So mm-hmm. again, generalization, there are plenty of egotistical women, but uh, I think that that the competition is not bad at all. I mean, think about like women are involved in competition, but it's the dance companies, right? Like the cheerleaders, good Lord, the cheerleaders in my high school, they were competitive as heck. Like yeah, they yeah. had like five state championships and they were not there to play. So right, right. it's not necessarily about that, but um, yeah, showing that team component of like, we're all in it to win it because we want to be the best. We want to be able to serve and we want to inspire each other to be better. It's just that underlying tone that's so subtle and it's hard to even articulate. It's like the energy that you feel of mm-hmm. um, just like, maybe not a perfect analogy, but like disciplining someone out of love versus disciplining somebody out of anger, right? Like if you're supporting and encouraging and coaching someone, that's going to feel a lot better than um, being berated or micromanaged or nitpicked. So at the end of the day, it's you could say the same thing, you could say the same words, but it's about how it actually feels. And so um, yeah, I, th- I don't think you should like lose the competitive messaging, let it know that this is a team of top performers, but really, um, checking yourself on how can we help them understand that this is like a place that is, um, com- focused on being the best, but also like we're here to serve people. And again, like if your culture is hyper-masculine and you're not open to changing it and like, that's how you want it to be, then that's just kind of how it is. Right. So right. I think that you're sacrificing some um, opportunity there of getting to have the gifts that women can bring in. But same thing on the flip side, if there was a, a culture that's super feminine and you know, we don't want any of that masculine energy, then they're going to sacrifice and lose out yeah. on something too. So I think it's about having both. Um, oh, I had one in the thought. What was it? So I was just going to say, my friend uh, was telling me a story that resonated with me. She was sharing about a time when her uh, sales coach was giving her feedback and um, it was just, it was right in front of the team and it wasn't in that loving manner, right? Like of, I want to support you and grow. It was more of like a, Hey, you just did this wrong and you need to try harder and you know, you suck. And so it was in front of everybody and she really left feeling humiliated and discouraged like most people would. But her, her guy friend that she was telling the story to responded to that story and was like, yeah, that sucks. But like, didn't it make you, you know, didn't you grow from it? And didn't it make you want to try harder and work harder? And she was like, no, honestly, it made me just shut down. And so I don't know if I can say that that's 100% feminine versus masculine. Maybe it's personality. Um, but I think that that's true. Like, I don't necessarily always want to try harder. Uh, when I get kicked in the butt, <laughs> sometimes yeah. I want to uh, shut down. So it depends on the person, really. Yeah, I love. I mean, honestly, I, you answered a, a very tough question. That you know, I love how you said it because I agree. I think what I'm taking from that is that we need to maybe redefine competition. We mm-hmm. need to re uh, 
rethink our definition of what a competitive culture looks like. Because if competitive mm-hmm. culture looks like Wolf of Wall Street, then I can say as a very strong alpha male, that's nothing of what I want my life to look like or my right. culture to look like. But if competition means, and to use your own words, that everyone is becoming the best version of themselves, then hell yeah, sign me up all day. I'm in for that. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I don't care if you're man or woman, if you want to be the best version of who you can be and you have impact and that brings you joy and you can have what I call true fun, um, then, then let's go, let's ride. I'm, I'm down for, for, for anything of that. Um, and I agree. I will say this, I'll go as far as to say this. I've had moments where I have been, you know, berated publicly. I didn't want to try harder. If anything, I wanted to use vengeance and literally yeah. <laughs> make sure like if I'm going to try harder, it's because somehow I wanted to destroy you. So like mm-hmm. I'm not I mean, I loved having coaches and, yeah. and football coaches get up in my face and that kind of that was different, you know, or, you know, you're in the weight room and someone's like screaming at you. It's like, I don't know. Like, I'm fine with that. But yeah, see, I think that might be the difference, though. I think that might be the differentiating differentiating yeah. factor. Maybe there's some women that'll be okay with that, but like overall, not the vibe. <laughs> right. But I'm saying that's, it's also the environment. See on the right. football field or in the baseball field or in the gym, in the weight room, appropriate based off of what we're talking about. But in mm-hmm. a, in a, in essence, in a business setting, I don't know if that's appropriate. I mean, you can yeah. rile people up and sometimes there might be a male energy or a, a male in there that needs that. But mm-hmm. I would say that I think at least if it was on my team and I had to, as a leader, give that male that at that moment, I would want to know that every female who was in there felt so safe and secure and that that wasn't the culture at large, but then could be like that was an isolated for that person. That's what they needed. OK, mm-hmm. now, again, yeah. I don't think that we should be berating people period mm-hmm. I, I i think even that maybe needs to be redefined unless unless how you want that culture i just think right. you're gonna have yeah. crazy I, you're, I just think you're gonna have crazy turnover and I'm yeah not i don't think to, anyone responds to it really well no i don't at all and i think um that's one thing i want to see the sales culture at, in the industry change is where mm-hmm. people uh, of uh, no matter what energy you're using at that moment that you could um feel honestly just safe you feel like it's a place where you want to be because that level of conviction right yeah so i've been learning a lot about um polyvagal theory and Mm -hmm. nervous system all this cool psychology stuff and truly like if you do not feel safe you cannot perform at your optimum capacity you cannot think as clearly you're not going to be as creative you're not going to be as tuned in to what's going on because you're just like you know trying to survive so it's so important for men, men and women to feel safe. But um, going back to just the, the differences, what I was just thinking of with that whole competition piece is, you know, thinking even like prehistorically with men being hunters and women being gatherers, the nurturers, if you use that analogy, like men are going to be the hunter, let's go get it, boom, boom, boom. And women are going to be, all right, I want to nurture the sale. Like, how can I build the relationship with the prospect? How can I really tune into what's going on here emotionally? Mm-hmm. So just another way to think about it of it's not um, it's not even that we have to 
change necessarily how we're doing it. It's almost just like the language and the energy of how we're communicating it. We're all trying to accomplish the same thing of closing the deal and serving someone and helping solve their problem. Um, It's just about how we're communicating, I think, in a lot of ways. And then definitely just not as many women to learn from in the space, which I don't know that, I don't know what needs to be done about that. I was thinking about that before. And I I guess in a lot of ways, that's, that would be our fault, right? Like we as women need to be bolder. I see women struggling with imposter syndrome way more than I do with men. Um, You know, my guy friends don't typically talk Mm. about feeling not as qualified, whereas women do. And I think that maybe goes back to the childhood stuff as well. But um, all that to say that women sales leaders, myself included, like we've got to take some of the ownership there of really um, fighting to be more visible and elevate ourselves to have a louder platform and be able to um, put ourselves in that place where more women can see us so that they see, hey, this is possible. But I also think it takes guys like you who say, hey, like, how can I help my sisters rise? How can I give them um, a voice? How can I point out their achievements and wins and really elevate them? Not just us having to, you know, climb to the top by ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate you, you know, having me on the the podcast even. It's a huge win. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, it's funny because if I'm just being fully transparent, like we got in like, six seven episodes and i was just like i mean because we when we started it it was just like this and i was just trying to grab everybody that i knew in sales real quick to kind of get the the ball rolling Mm -hmm. and it was about six or seven in and i was like oh shoot yo i don't have one female on this freaking podcast right now and i was Mm -hmm. like and then like at first i like I like if I, you know, cause I feel, I'll feel conviction on stuff like that. I'm mean, like, how could I not think about that? You know what I mean? I gotta get onto myself about it, but then I'm mm-hmm. just like, ah, you know what? Screw that. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to go and start putting females on the podcast and then I'll just fix it real fast by doing that. But it's, it's, it is very true because I'm very much like, I, I will always default probably, but maybe the way that I was raised was like, yo, if you want something out of life, it's based off of what you will do. If you Mm -hmm. don't want something out of life, it's based off of what you won't do or what you will do. You have whatever you want or don't have in life because of you and no one else. I, Mm -hmm. I will stand firm on that because like, I just can't find another reason why, you know, because Mm -hmm. the amount of stories that I've heard of people who were in a victim setting and absolutely found a way to, to rise above Mm -hmm. that, to play out of it. Right. But, but I also believe that when you are in a place of any form of influence and you have any opportunity to have a platform that can impact people, you are responsible for how you handle that platform. Example, you feeling a need, a lack in the industry, and then you go and create, which is now this amazing group of women who are just absolutely um, being connected. I mean, like I, I also, I asked this question to Didi, by the way, one of our coaches here and one of our mutual friends. I mean, she had the talent, the same. Yeah, absolutely. She's so good. I'm going to say a legend. I know that's kind of alpha, but she, she is very, she is a living legend and she's awesome. Um, but it's like, you took up that, that you took up that, that mantle, right? Like you, you bore that weight and you're like, yo, somebody has to do it. And imagine if mm-hmm. you didn't do that, 
Like there'd be yeah. a thousand plus women who would not have had the opportunity to hear from all the great ladies that you have in there who would have not probably found their place or if they did, they maybe would have found it later. But on the mm -hmm. same thing as men, it's like, hey, it is on us to watch our messaging. It is on us to be like, hey, at least think through. Because if you're going to say, I don't agree to this, but if you are going to say, I want an alpha culture, mm -hmm. okay, at least take time to think through that, to know what you yeah. want and then realize what you won't get by doing that. Mm -hmm. And you have to be okay yeah. with that. But yeah. on the same aspect, if you say you want change, then you need to start. I think we need to start thinking about that, yeah. about what that looks like. Does that, I don't know if this is even, you know. No, hundred percent. I'm with you. I'm with you hundred percent. And I think that, yeah, I have, I'm with you. It's a hundred percent about personal responsibility and what can we also do to contribute and elevate others. And I do think that discrimination is a real thing, um, not just sexism with women, but with you know race and culture and all the things. I've never been more exposed to it as I have um, working, you know, in recruiting and connecting people. Yeah. It's not outward discrimination; it's just bias. Like we all grow up with bias, mm -hmm. and so men being biased towards other men, women being biased towards other women. Or, you know, just being biased towards someone that looks like you or speaks like you, has the same color skin, like it is this natural inclination. And so we really have to work um, intentionally against it to be able to be inclusive and, and bring people in. And I know that that's just such a, obviously a very talked about topic um, in our culture lately, but I think I was definitely guilty of um, leaning on the side of like, oh yeah, like, well, it's, it's not that bad. It's not that big of a deal. And now as I've seen it more and more, um, it's like, okay, yeah, I get why it's harder for certain cultures and races to, you know, climb the ladder and they have to fight for it more yep. than, they, than we do necessarily. So yeah. I would say too, like, this is a little bit, well, it's not really off topic, but just branching out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm go. a big believer. So I think that um, in describing like an ideal sales rep, right, like, we want the the high DI right on the disc profile. We want the Enneagram 8, which mm -hmm. I am high DI, Enneagram 8, as are so, you, right? Yep. Yeah. So I get it. Aggressive driven, like let's go get the job done kind of people. But I hate seeing personalities discriminated against too, because I'm a big believer. It wasn't always this way. But when I trained fundraisers, that's where I really saw it first. I really thought, okay... Would have I would have reps come to me and I would be like, yeah, this person's going to crush it. They're so charismatic. Uh, they're so well-spoken. They're so driven. It's going to be great. And then they would actually get to the job and they weren't, they just weren't doing it. They weren't following through or whatever it was. They had mm -hmm. too much ego. They were scared to fail, whatever it was. They didn't do as well. And then the people who maybe I thought they were going to crash and burn, there were a few where like literally I'm like, dude, I do not know how this guy is going to raise money. <laughs> like, I just don't know how. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how. I'm sure you've had some sales reps come through training where you're like, yeah, I don't know about this guy. Yep, but yeah. if they put their head down and they learn the skill of understanding human psychology and they learn the skill of finding out where someone's at, their circumstances, their pain, what they need, their vision, what's the gap between those? How can we help them meet that? How can we help them overcome fear? to get to the close, right? Like that is a skill set. So 
Um, yeah, I would just love to see across the board, not only um, more open-mindedness towards hiring women and bringing women onto sales teams, but um, open-mindedness and you don't necessarily have to hire an Enneagram 8 high DI. Like, let's focus on the skill set and see if they can actually get the job done. Not necessarily like the how of the personality behind it. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Um, this has actually been... Um really an amazing already. I mean, the time has flown by already and I know we got to um, wrap it up and everything like that. But before we do that, what would be, because we'll make sure that how they can connect with you is in the show notes and we'll talk about that here in a second. Um, What would be parting words to A, the female about like how amazing this space is or what would you say to them if they were wanting to get into this industry? And then B, what would also be kind of your wrapped up parting words to the men in this industry or the leaders? Because I want to end on that note. Mm. Yeah, great question. So to, yeah, to the women, I think just really looking to each other to learn from each other, because I think we are the first to go buy the most, you know, the, the most recent ad that we saw run through our newsfeed for some sales training. And it usually is men. And so maybe we as women need to really double down on elevating other women in the space and learning from them. Um, I don't know if that's a perfect solution, but mm-hmm. could help. And I think just creating more community, even beyond what we have, like a thousand women is great, but gosh, you probably have Facebook groups with 16,000 salesmen in them, right? Right, right. (laughs) It's not anything crazy. So really continuing to um, have community and not being afraid to have conversations with the people in your actual real life too and inviting them into it, right? Like advocating for sales. So quick story on this. Um, I had a friend who started a business and um, it's a great business. It's a little shop and um, they do boutique clothing, that kind of stuff. But man, it's hard to turn a profit when you're doing a product-based business, right? And the whole reason for her starting the business was to make more money for her family and spend more time with her kids. She is not making any more money for her family and she is spending less time with her kids because of this business. And it's great if that's like your passion project and you love it, go for it. But I was like, you know what? I really did her a disservice by not telling her about how great sales can be and that it doesn't have to be this like slimy thing and that she can actually find something that she really loves and go out and connect with people and build relationships and sell something and have a really good time doing it and make more money and spend time with her family because she's not, you know, we're not doing women any favors by letting them go do their 18 different MLM hustles. And the reality (laughs) is, is they could focus on a sales job and really be fulfilled and be a part of a great team. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but you get my point, right? Oh, yeah. So I think that the more that we can help women see sales as an option is going to be a great starting point. And then for men, really the same thing, right? Just encourage women that they can be great salespeople. They don't have to do it the the manly men way. (laughs) Right. Um, But elevate your sisters and do what you can to give us a hand up in that. And um, yeah, like let's all just be brothers and sisters to each other. Yeah. Super. Absolutely legend. Thank you so much for just hopping on here and, and, and honestly really talking about things that 
really aren't talked about that much and being open and transparent because I know what you're doing. Um, you know, you can, you can hang with anyone. So this ain't, you know what I mean? So to hear your perspective. I love hanging with the boys. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so, um, just so if anybody wants to jump out, you know, whether, um, anybody wants to get, cause I know that you've also helped, you know, get men placed and recruited oh, yeah, as well. Absolutely. So like you can do either, how would people get in contact with you? If they want to know more about what you're doing or even the ladies that want to join, um, yes. y'all's, your community. So ladies, Sorry, men, this is not for you, but ladies, we'd love to have you join the Sales Queen Sisterhood. So it's facebook.com backslash Sales Queen Sisterhood. And um, you can also find me on Facebook, Kelsey O'Neill. It's O-N-E-A-L. We'll have it linked in the show notes. And really, Facebook DMs is the best place to get me. Like, I love Instagram. You can find me there too, but Facebook DMs all day long. Nice, nice. Love it. Um, thank you for your time. Uh, full stack crew, as always. Guys, we're grateful for you. I, I, I will say this as many times as I have to, but we literally, we do not monetize the show because we really just wanted to create a place where you could come, learn, get what you need, and then get on. The only thing we've ever asked, and to my knowledge, the only thing that we will ever ask is simply share it. If you could just share this, if you got something out of it, if you know somebody uh, that is in this space and you're like, oh my God, this episode would just... Um, have so much impact on their lives and where they're at and speak to where, uh, what season they're in, then please, all we ask is that you guys share it and uh, give an opportunity for someone to have the same uh, understanding and revelation that you're having in this time. Uh, until next time, we are grateful for you. Um, check out all the show notes so you can really get in touch with uh, Kelsey. And then Kelsey, thank you so much for your time. Just grateful to have you. And, thank uh, you. Yeah, definitely. Until next time, guys, we'll see y'all.